Welcome to Unraveling Pink, a podcast tackling gender bias through conversation. I'm Annie Rogaski. So in this season of Unraveling Pink, Sam and I have been exploring different societal themes of how the man box shows up in our world. It's felt a little less focused to me than the man box season last season. And I think that's partly because as we dive into a topic, we see threads of the man box expectations and restrictions that lead us throughout our world from one type of experience to another. So we have followed those threads, and it sometimes takes us a little bit further afield of our stated topic, and this week is no exception. I'm hopeful that you will find some themes that resonate and maybe triggers to think about how some of these issues show up in your life. Because the more Sam and I talk about this topic, the more I realize it's everywhere, which means we have opportunities every day to interrupt our man box world, our patriarchal world, and create a different reality that would allow all of us to be more authentic to who we are. And that is actually the topic that came out of our conversation today, authenticity in the face of the man box. But we started with how we see the man box really showing up in our leadership in some extreme ways. I think what you'll hear in this conversation is that our leadership and a lot of ways that we manage people in our world make it hard for us to be ourselves. I hope you'll take some of the suggestions and the challenge that's issued in this episode and apply it to your life and see if it makes a difference. If so, or if not, either way, let us know what you think. You can reach me as always at unravelingpink at gmail.com or through Twitter at unravelingpink. I will leave you with a podcast recommendation. I discovered this podcast this week and I was thrilled to find it. It's called Breaking the Boy Code Podcast. You can follow that podcast on Twitter at Boy Podcast, B O Y Podcast. This is a podcast that is doing exactly what Sam and I have been suggesting as solutions for two seasons now, which is getting to boys when they're young and talking with them about the issues that that tighten around boys when the man box learnings start being taught. So check it out. And if there are other podcasts or conferences or resources that you're aware of where people are talking about the man box, Um, I'd love to hear about it, and I can share that on future podcasts, so let me know about that as well. Thanks, as always, for listening. Here is my conversation with Sam. Alpha nerds. Alpha nerds? Yeah. Is that what we're calling them? Yes. Okay. So the type of alpha or A-type personality that starts these companies, they just have a pattern of saying whatever it is they want, and it gets them to a point where they get funded, they have a great idea, they're probably pretty intelligent, 
they're validated and they are insulated. And then once the company makes money and there's a board of directors, it's the board that kicks them out. It has to be somebody above them, right? Mm-hmm. That will yeah. will kick them out. Right. Um, and there are specific examples that come to mind that come to mind, like the Uber CEO and the WeWork CEO. But then there's the Theranos CEO, who's female. Um, do alpha nerds have any connection to the man box? Simple answer is yes. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a male culture. And and you look at Elizabeth Holmes, the stuff that we know from the outside looking in, that mm-hmm. she lowers her voice into this very like low. And there's speculation that that's, she's full of it, right? That's total BS, that that's not her, her normal talking voice. Well, and there is research about that. That you lower your lower your voice. Uh, no, I did. I did a whole unraveling pink podcast on on women's voices and men's voices yeah. and the the register of voice that uh, people accept as mm-hmm. authoritative or uh, trustworthy, and it's the lower male register, at least in the workplace. And, and so I, it's not it's not surprising to me at all that women would push their voices more into a lower register. Yes, and as a parent. As much as I talk about the man box and breaking away from the man box, I give my own kids advice that is very man box oriented. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Sam! This past week, my eldest, uh, when he asks for something or orders something at a restaurant or whatever it is, like he's nervous and his register goes up. Uh The register of his voice goes up and everything kind of sounds like a question, even like a statement that he's making, it kind of goes up like this. He's still young. He's mm-hmm. nine years yeah, old. Right. But there's a remnant of that. I don't want to call it a baby voice, uh, but it's it's not authoritative. And I, I balance what I know about growing up and being in elementary school and of other boys and being in a team on a team, um, and how you uh, command some respect. And it's I I was telling him, I'm like, try that again, but like speak from, I put my hand on my stomach, speak from here rather than from your throat. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that so much because it's that balance of wanting him to be as authentic as he can be. Mm-hmm. And everybody talks about, you know, I'm trying to find my voice, you know, I'm trying to whatever, whatever that is, whatever that means to people in their life. They just want to get back to being who they are, the authenticity um, and here I am telling my nine-year-old to lower his voice, you know, like mm-hmm. if you want people to hear you, you got to speak a little louder. And there's some merit to that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm not, you, they can't hear you if you're ordering a Coke. And it's like, may I have a Coke, please? You, know? <laughs> you have to be like, may I have a Coke, please? They'll, they'll get yeah. you a Coke. Yeah. They'll hear you. But all, all kidding aside, um, while the words were coming out of my mouth and he was looking at me, I'm like, here I go. You know, this is, I had to think about it afterwards and I always come back to, wouldn't it be great if the world wasn't like this, but it is like this. So how are we going to arm our children? How are we going to nurture is the wrong word, but how are we going to get our kids in a position to where they can protect themselves and flourish. So I'm still on the fence about it. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. But I just this week I was doing it with my own son. Parenting's confusing. I don't, I don't always get it. 
I make a lot of mistakes. I make mistakes even with cats. I can't even imagine how hard it is with kids. Um, yeah, Dennis seemed kind of out of sorts this morning. Yeah. What you, would you say to him earlier? <laughs> Dennis, it's not meow, it's meow. <laughs> <laughs> a few things that you said caught my attention. I feel like there's this bigger connection between the man box and a lack of authenticity that what you were just talking about is that by encouraging your son in a particular direction, you are taking him away from his natural state and into something that's more aligned with the man box. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about that is that women, like we get that guidance as adults after the habits are already formed, mm. we maybe get to be ourselves as kids until we get beat down by our peers. But the uptick is what it's called when you when your voice rises at the end and it's not actually a question. So women get criticism professionally for having this uptick because it sounds like a question. It sounds like you're not sure of yourself or you're not confident, whatever. I think it has a number of different sources. It's being deferential to those around us, which is how we typically are raised. It's not challenging men directly, which sometimes does not go well for women. And so it's a softer way of putting an idea out there, but then it's received as not authoritative. And so there's this sort of double bind for women of, I need to soften the blow for the people around me, but by doing so, I diminish my own authority and respect, and so there's no real uh, good way out of that. And I don't think it's authentic for women either to have that uptick. I think it's learned, but in the opposite way, mm-hmm. that you need to not threaten the man box or you need to not um, appear more confident than those around you. And so we're taught, a lot of us, to uh, reduce our perceived authority through subtle things like the voice uptick, which then just destroys us in business because people don't take us seriously and they think that we're not confident and we don't know what we're talking about and the uptick is not helpful. But I share your vision for a world where we can all just be ourselves and have our own voices and have our own mannerisms and wear whatever the hell we want and have it be okay that everybody has their own authentic personality. Having said that, Mm -hmm. do you think that we're a long way off from that being real? Oh, of course. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Okay. I ask that because of, like, as a parent, where do you draw the line? How much do you give them real world, this is the stuff you're going to encounter, this is what boys are going to do. If you get pushed, tell them to stop. If they push you again, push back. That's the language that boys understand. Why can't we teach kids just to be themselves and to express themselves and to build up the inner confidence to be whoever they are in the face of whatever society 
throws their way. And I know this is extremely hard to ask mm -hmm. of a child. There are plenty of examples out there of, let's just say men, focus on men for now, who have managed to be themselves or at least a self that looks different than the norm. And I don't know if it's that they started out as themselves and they were able to maintain that all along, or if they went the man box route and then they threw off the shackles and they were finally able to become themselves after they became successful and they had that respect and they were the alpha male and they could be whoever they wanted to be at that point. I don't know, but there are examples out there which makes me think it's possible for other people. Yeah. Well, so then what do you think would happen if instead of trying to teach kids to harden themselves against the world, we were able to teach them to be themselves in the face of the world? I mean, it's not so binary. I'm not saying that, like, you do one or the other. You, yeah. We certainly do um, both. I was going to say a lot of both. Mm -hmm. But I think that we're trying to nurture them into being themselves and to find what they like, and um, we support that as much as we can, whatever it is. And they're finding things that they like doing and what they're good at, and we're not pushing them in any one direction. And we're not saying, oh, that's not a man, or like a, like a mm -hmm. male... Um, a male pursuit, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is, whatever they want to do. But as parents and as a father, I'm just so very tied to them and want to protect them as much as possible. And part of that is an education of the way the world really works. And I know things are changing, but there's going to be alphas and they're going to pick on the betas and it's just a little chicken coop and they're going to find the one that just to pick on. And I desperately hope and don't want that to be one of my children. Yeah. I am literally, when they have a bad day, I feel it. I feel it in the pit of my stomach when they come home and they're like crying or something happened and you want to step in. You can't. So I'm just kind of in this middle, middle ground where as much as we talk about it here and as much as I'm saying, you know, we should do this and support, you know, kids and get them early and raise them to be conscious young men at the same time, like, both my boys know how to box, you know. We have little focus pads, little mitts, you know, and like boxing gloves. <laughs> like, I don't know why that's important to me. I guess I sleep better at night knowing that they can defend themselves um, verbally and otherwise. Whether that's taking them out of who they would be. And I'm kind of like slowing down because I'm measuring my words right now. But I don't have complete faith in people to do the right thing. Yeah. And I'm raising conscious, young, thoughtful young men mm -hmm. that I think part of that is you do have to fight for everything in your life and not to allow people to push you around. We have to be able to survive in the world that we're in. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you that there's a lot out there that is not warm and fuzzy and you have to prepare for life. I don't have the experience of of parenting and having to form these these little people into big people and I can appreciate that it's really hard and as I was listening to you talk about it 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 certainly seems like there's a balance that you it's naive to think you can just walk through life with your five-year-old self and not get hurt and so 
is it, so when you're talking about, for example, boxing, there's the self-defense. I mean, everyone has to be able to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. Women go to self-defense classes as girls do, as teenagers. I think the first one I went to, I was probably 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. And you're learning about the fact that there's danger out there, that there are physical threats that you have to try to protect yourself against. So you can't go through life thinking that that it, you're never going to encounter a physical threat. But that to me is, it's like a skill as opposed to a personality forming. I don't know if that makes sense, but like there are tools that we need to survive in a world that's not perfect right. and that doesn't allow us right out of the gate to be our authentic selves. Right. But how do you ensure that you grow up with the right tools mm. without changing who you are? Right. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. That's, I think, where I struggle. Is this, am I baking this into their personalities and who they become? Or is it a tool that they can, they can use, they, they can call on, they can turn on and off? Um, and that's the distinction that I need to be clear on with them. As an adult, can I or can we take a look at ourselves and separate out the skills that we have learned to survive in the world that we're in and see ourselves without those skills blanketing us? Mm -hmm. I think this is particularly interesting for women, maybe maybe in a different way for men. Maybe for men, it's like the man box discussion we've been having. For women, we, because most of us have spent so many years in male-dominated workplaces, we have adjusted. And I don't know if that's a tool or if we've adjusted our personalities to fit in. So a lot of women will talk about your armor or your man vest or whatever it is. Like, like if you're going to a conference that is mainly men and you're going to be in the minority, you prepare yourself differently and you show up differently than if you go to a primarily women's conference. It feels totally different. And it's going to a conference that's primarily men is that we have that fight or flight sort of mentality, not a hundred percent, but you're prepared, like you have to be ready and um, you have to be ready for being excluded, you have to be ready for being hit on, you have to be ready for being questioned about your expertise and why you're there and all these other things. M minus the getting hit on for the most part, that's what men carry with them daily. Every yeah. situation we go in with men, and I don't want to like overstate this because not mm -hmm. every situation is, is similar, but if I were to go to an all-male conference, I walk into that room feeling the same stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's so much in, in the forefront of what I'm thinking, mm -hmm. but it's just something that we carry around all the time. Like I know I'm going to be, everybody's going to measure who you are, what you can bring, so Prepare to get challenged. I think it's different, though. I think I think I agree. I, I see what you're saying about it is how different, there yes. is there is some measure of needing to bolster yourself walking into that room. I was but just making a distinction between different. you saying that 
a woman flips the switch okay. when they walk into the room, yeah. whereas men, that switch is always on. Okay. And we forget it's switched on because that's just who we are. So that's really sad. Yes. Because the amazing thing about going to all women's conferences is being able to walk into a room without your guard up mm. and being able to connect with people as yourself. And it is a completely different feeling than going into a conference that's largely men or 50-50. And that's the only place I ever feel that. Hmm. Like, I can, I can be myself at home. I can be myself at a women's conference. And actually, now, I'm, I'm fortunate to be in a workplace where I can be myself. There are pockets, I think, of places in our world where you can go and you can be yourself. And so I would love for our entire world to be like that, which is ide idealistic and never going to happen. But if we can increase the number of spaces that have that acceptance, I know how rare it is. Yeah. Like, I've been working for, I don't know, almost 25 years. Mm -hmm. It's super rare. Yeah. And it makes a huge difference walking in the door every morning and being happy where you are. So my eldest son plays soccer, and he's on a team. He's been on the same team for the last few seasons. And um, the reason why we've stayed with this team is because the coach is just very positive and, and nurturing, mm. you know. And the kids were young enough to where there wasn't that man box, the picking on each other. It was all super positive. They were just out there having fun. This season is different. As the kids are getting older, they're in third and fourth grade, and this is kind of the tipping point. Like we're going to practice and I'm seeing some stuff and hearing some stuff. The team is getting very clicky. Uh, and Same coach? Same coach, mm -hmm. yeah. And my son feels it. I certainly feel it as an assistant coach. And I started thinking, I'm like, I don't know if we're going to continue on this team. But then I think, like, this is every team. From this moment forward, this might be every team. There might be some rare teams out there that, that have it, that the chemistry is such that it, it doesn't have that. And you can kind of prolong this moment where the, the boys can get together and be boys and not these, I was going to say young men as almost like, a, <laughs> like the box is starting to form around them. And how they treat one another and how they, they find weakness in the others. Mm -hmm. Listening to you talk about finding a place and being comfortable, it's what I'm dealing with right now, like on a, on a smaller level, just with mm -hmm. like our soccer team. But you have an opportunity to form that and to change that and to interrupt that pattern. Our culture wasn't what it is now when I started there. We changed it. Yeah. And... It was, you know, a lot of work, but it can be done. Yes. The other two coaches are kind of blind to it. Like, they don't see it happening. And I just, I'm probably just... Do you talk to them about it? Men don't talk about stuff like that, Annie. I mean, I've how many times do I have to tell you this? I've been toying this concept. <laughs> Ask them to listen to this podcast. Yeah. I know it has pink in the name, but yeah, we'll it's okay. To, Get over we'll it. Have to Just go listen back to it. And edit a bunch of stuff out. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the trap. I see this stuff happening and the and the boys becoming different as boys, you know, go through phases and all that. I get it. But 
the bummer was that we had found a place where a lot of that uh, negative stuff wasn't happening, and now I see it happening. I, I don't like speaking in absolutes, but I just feel like this is the age where they start becoming and exhibiting some of that behavior. Yeah. I just see an amazing opportunity for you to grab coffee with the coaches and share your wealth of man box knowledge with them. If I felt that they were receptive to it and they were, um, had acknowledged what's going on in the, in the, at the very least, like at, at all, I would, I would say something. But the coach who, uh, you said was really positive. Yeah. Does he just not, maybe he doesn't see it. He doesn't see it. How many people see it? So awareness. That's the thing. It's it's, it's invisible. It's invisible so to a lot of men. It's 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 boy. That's where the phrase "boys being boys" comes from. Yeah. And I think they're boys being boys kind of guys. If we can push back on and maybe no one's ever bullying type out. behavior yeah. or man talking. I know I'm pushing you on this. You know what I mean? Like you're like uh, ready to pack up and walk yeah, out of pick, the closet. I know. Forget <laughs> this. Away from being our my, coffee's, my coffee's cold <laughs> anyway. Mine is too. Why is it so cold? I would, um, I'll think about that. Push back and, that um, why? I like that. I don't, I, yeah. you know, I have to, I have to break through some of my resentment right now about it actually happening. I'm kind of mourning the death of like seasons past, mm-hmm. but I'm pissed because like, it doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. We had a good thing going. Mm-hmm. Why am I the only one seeing this? Boo hoo, boo hoo. You probably aren't. Uh, you probably aren't. I bet, I mean, if this guy was so positive and he created this great team, that is something that, number one, you could lead with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I lo- part of why we wanted to come back to this team was what you had built. And, and it's being chipped away at because all of these forces at school are creating these behaviors that we have an opportunity to stop. I mean, it doesn't have to be, I don't think it has to be I'll say touchy feely. I was yeah, I was thinking like but in a in a movie, like, like the the music gets like inspirational, <laughs> you know, and the slow clap. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a slow clap moment. It could just be what you created was awesome, and I want to see it continue. And I'm seeing some behavior that I think we could interrupt and hang on to this longer. And as I'm saying this, I'm already feeling. I know, like right? It's I, I, I appreciate. I appreciate appreciate the sentiment. You're working against thousands of years of evolution. I know, but I believe in you and us in our ability to interrupt Mm -hmm. thousands of years of evolutionary history and create a new amazing world for the children. Yeah. How's that for optimistic? Very. Thank you. What I do in fact what what I do in fact do is I help him process those experiences help who the coach? my son oh your son yeah um which i, I the very least great. i can do i think that's great is um just help him sound it out and throw in a little bit of my own experience help him kind of move beyond it and not let it kind of drag him down mm-hmm. as much as it would have had we not talked about it mm-hmm. and a lot of the injuries that you suffer growing up aren't physical, they're emotional, you know. There's no emotional dirt that you can... <laughs> <laughs> Rub some emotional dirt on that, Sam. Come on. 
because I feel like even as adults, there's plenty of bullying that happens and plenty of expectations about what, what we're supposed to do. And I've been trying to think more about questioning those assumptions or expectations. Like I think the word why, the question why is useful to get people to think about why do we have to do it this way? Or why are you doing that? Like, mm -hmm. What is making you think that that's the right way to approach something? And it, it seems like a question that is non-threatening to a certain extent because it can be supported by curiosity. It can be a way to understand but it can also be a way to help someone else understand that there's no reason for whatever it is that they're doing. And it doesn't put them on the defensive or guide their response at all. It leaves a lot open to interpretation, mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I haven't put it really to experimental use yet, but I... Well, next, pra next practice, when something happens, I'll just look at the coach and say, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why, coach? <laughs>
hear and what you're saying is that there's this, that there's the authentic, genuine Sam inside mm-hmm. the man box, yeah. but that's not who we see. No, you know the, both. You've yeah. seen both. Yeah. You've seen me toggle. Yeah. Between the two. Right, and it's it's a little, like I mean, it it seems like it's not you, but it's schizophrenic in mm-hmm. that you've got these two personalities, mm-hmm. and women do it too. Like we have the different faces, authentic person yeah. and the the men's conference mm-hmm. person. And so all of us are conditioned for decades of our lives to be different than who we are. When I talk about this stuff, it makes so much sense to me. It makes so much sense. But when I put it out there, I've never had an experience with someone that has said, I do the same thing. Like, I know exactly what you're telling me. Like to sit opposite someone, another another man who gets it as much as I do and can talk about it the way I do and understand it, understands it as much as I can. I just have never had that conversation with somebody else that can be like, I, I feel the same way. Like I, I go through the same process with this stuff. And that's why it's hard to go too deep because somewhere in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm like maybe other people don't have the same experience, you know what I mean? Maybe it's just me. Yeah. But then when the dust settles, I'm like, no, I know, I know men, a lot of men have the same experience, you know, Mm -hmm. they're just not talking to each other about it, which is frightening, frightening and super sad because, um, there's just, um, you just last episode and just what it drives men to do, you know, I, I was going full circle and thinking about the people that found these companies that, you know, have these ideas that get funded because it's, you know, a great idea and they're these alpha personalities. It's just, and that, that makes the system that we all live within because they are up here and we are down here. So that whatever revolution you're talking about that we're talking about has to happen almost like the underground. It's almost like a rebellion. It's not going to happen from, it's not going to be trickle down. Trickle down. Yeah. Yeah. It's a reverse. Trickle down EQ. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It has to happen from the bottom up. Right. I do think it's seeding, planting the seed in as many places as possible. Yeah. That you can then get growth that actually can affect change. I think you're right. It's, it's hard to be like you talk about not having anyone to talk with about these things that, that has the same experience and can validate your experience. And I think I see all sorts of people on Twitter talking about this stuff. And I have other friends who are talking about this stuff, but you guys aren't talking to each other necessarily. Mm-hmm. And there's starting to be things like the man conference, which is talking about this stuff, mm-hmm. bringing men together to talk to each other about their experiences. There's a man conference? There is a man conference. Where is this man conference? I think it's been in San Francisco. I think um, uh, Ray Arada, I think, may have started that one, or he started a different one. Um, There's a bunch of small efforts that are growing where men are coming together and having these kinds of conversations. Wow, I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Ray is a very like traditionally masculine man Mm -hmm. who has come to see that, I don't know that he uses the term man box, but that there are these social restrictions on men that 
men have to find a way out of. Mm -hmm. And so he talks a lot about this in audiences that are both male and female. I know that there have been some conferences. I know that there are some small groups that have started up around this where men are talking to each other. And so I see those seeds being planted around different places. And I think you're right. We need to see the intersection. We need that web to be formed between all those different nodes. And Mm -hmm. then we can actually see some progress.